I'm Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. Welcome to the party. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. It, it has been a, a fascinating 48 hours, I would say. It has. That's right. It was It was 48 hours ago. Yuri, what did we do two days ago? Uh, we went and saw Mad Besides Max. Besides jerk off in a theater. Besides <laughs> jerk off in, in a theater, a full, full ass theater. Uh, we, uh, we went and saw Fury Road all, all at once. Yep. Which, which I, I think I turned to you at one point and I said it feels really decadent <laughs> you did to be that. watching the whole movie at once when we've been watching it, <laughs> yeah. you know, four minutes at a time. It felt good to keep going. I also, felt dirty. I felt a little dirty. I, like I felt. I indulgent. will say this. I felt dirty because uh, it's been a long time since a man spoke that closely to my ear and said the word <laughs> decadent in a whispery, sultry in a tone. Whispery, you know, he's definitely got a boner sort of way. Yeah, there was a couple different weird moments in that uh, yeah. in that moment for me. But yeah, it was so it full, was incredible. Full theater, right. and then and then who who talked afterwards? Uh, a gentle Australian man gentleman in, in a bow tie, in a bow tie, white flowing hair, a septuagenarian. Yes. Named George Miller. Oh, God. And so guys, quirky and smart. Guys, he's so smart. And he, you know, he, he carries himself and, and speaks like, you know, like a 28-year-old kid. I mean, like he's... He does. Super, That guy's going to live forever. Please, God, let him live forever. Yeah, do 12 please, more of these movies. Please, please, please. He was so cool. I thought the guy who interviewed him was really funny and you great. Know, I, you know, I'm very picky about people who moderate those things. Same. Because most of the time... They're trying to be clever, and they're trying to show the person they're interviewing how awesome they are, and how funny they are, and how much they know about yeah. their movies. And this guy had his questions down. He would add, he would he'd come in, he looked with a question, and then he'd just let George talk. And, and occasionally then, he would zing a funny line, yep, but yep, like and never, never not funny. Yeah, never not funny, and always like uh, like kind and quick and not obsequious. It was just like a gentle like. Funny line out. Yeah. Funny line out. He's yeah. great. Not great. secret. He's not trying to take control or you know over you know dominate the conversation. And slovenly and likable. Yeah, right, like he right, was. Right. He was a little uh, right. nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a t-shirt that he's been wearing for four days minimum. At least. Yeah. At least. Anyway, so uh, is there anything? Here's my question for you. We have. We had. Yeah, do so it. we both had to bounce out. It was a double feature of Mad Max: The Road Warrior, Mad Max: Free Road. George Miller was there. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk after the screening mm-hmm. too much. Are there things you learned in that screening or from the Q&A that, that were new to you? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell, uh, tell me and the listeners. I will, I will tell the listeners. You know, it was, it was when, when, they, when the movie first started, they showed the, you know, the Dolby thing, saying that it was Dolby. And I'm like, okay, good. At least it's going to be good. You know, we're going to have good audio. And it was because there were things I heard intelligibly this time that I've never... You know, I got the last piece of the puzzle when they're hooking up the trucks at the beginning is mm-hmm. we're produce. So we're hauling mother's milk, we're hauling uh, oh, gasoline. Of course. Uh, or no, no, we're not, what was it? Uh, mother's milk. Aquacola. Uh, Aquacola. And, and produce right. was, was the last one. I still think he's saying karma crazy war boys at that the beginning. Right. In... Fukushima, karma crazy war boys. Fukushima probably being, you know, the power plant. Yeah. Um, I, I, can't, I can't get it. I'm not for sure on the, the karma crazy part, but I, I think that's, that's what it is. Uh, produce. I heard on the for the first time when the when Max is first trying to escape 
and he, he hops onto the, the hook, you know, hanging above nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. he's just so desperate to get away. And the first guy who grabs him gets pulled off yeah. and yells, witness, on the yes, way down. Yes, that I heard, too. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd never heard that before. Same, yeah, that, I really cued into that because I thought, oh. Also, Yuri yelled witness really early in the uh, uh, credit sequence oh, at the beginning. Oh, that's right, when George Miller's name came yeah, on. it's pretty exciting to us. You know, I loved seeing when George Miller came out that there was there was applause and screaming and and people throwing up the V8. He did it back. And he did it back. Oh. I wish I, you know, had I not been throwing up my own V8, yeah. I would have taken a picture of that because yeah. it was fucking gold. That's, and, and he seemed delighted to do it. He like, really did. He not, was not, giddy yeah. about it. Also, they told us he had just, he'd just come from South by Southwest um, where he had watched Mad Max The Road Warrior for the first time in 30, 30 years. years. He watched it with a full audience with a new print. And he seemed so happy about it. He really it. did. He just he said, said it really. Up. He said it, it held up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It held up. Okay, Which, George Miller, sure. Right. Yeah. I Did you not it, know that? Because yeah. it seems he's like, yeah. Sometimes these old movies don't really hold up that well, but this one really held up. Like, bless yeah. his heart. <laughs> yeah, it did bless hold up. his Australian, you know, apocalyptic. He just likes to happy work. Happy feet, dancing, um, babe heart. One thing I, I I really cued into that really helped me. We've been talking a lot about this the last couple yeah. weeks. Is the pacing and the exposition and the way he exposits things. And they just set rules for themselves. Like, it sounds like he said to himself when he started the process, the movie's always going to be moving forward, so we'll sneak an exposition where we can. Yeah. And that is a great way to think about any form of storytelling or screenwriting, I think. We're, gonna, we're always going to move the story forward. We're going to sneak it in where we can. That's, that's great because it works, and they made it work throughout. But even as something as simple as uh, Nux's body scarification, which you pointed out as an engine, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a that's sort of the, the what other what movie. other movie do you know of in the history of movies where the main arguably the main emotional character the main emotional core of the movie that character has a huge chest tattoo that we're never giving the shot of we're never given a solo shot of that to to really to, take to, it to, in. to show it off and take it in yeah we're constantly trying to learn stuff about the characters we're engaged and invested in looking for clues we're not being presented with clues and that simple idea is a metaphor i think for the whole storytelling of, of this film because i was trying to think about is there any other screen make or film, filmmaker that would that would do that that would just say that would trust the audience enough? yeah here's a really important part of this character it's it's our one of our main characters, we're not, I'm not going to introduce him at all to you or show key you know, elements of his, of his character to you. I'm just going to like, trust that they're there. You trust me that I've thought through it, and we're just going to go on this ride. It's, I, I cannot think of anybody offhand. It's crazy, right? Who, has, who, who would give the audience that kind of trust and who has the, the confidence in his storytelling or her storytelling that, that, you know, that, you know, and it's... Yeah, but I, it makes you lean in, right? I mean, that's yeah. a that's a, one small example of something that we'll find throughout the entire film, and it and it begs repeated viewings. Yeah, because, because you want to figure it out, you want to look yeah, into it. It's all it. pieces of a puzzle. Yeah, that that didn't feel, you know, after the first viewing, um, you know, I didn't feel frustrated. No, no, no. That. I just I, I immediately wanted to go back into that world. Yeah, I felt I felt exhilarated. Be, you know what it is, and this is why people I think frustrate me sometimes is that. If, if you have a complex underlying theology and, and world-building construction thing going on, mm -hmm. having a complicated plot, it doesn't work. Yeah. Having a straightforward plot that you can track while looking for other things, it's necessary. Right. You can't have it both ways. And so it's, to me, everything works as a functional whole. And people that just, that just focus on the plot and go, well, they just go here and come back. This is the most common thing we always hear right. from people, right? You can't have a convoluted Star Wars you know, episode one takeover situation 
if yeah. you're trying to track all these character details, who are these people? What are they doing? Where do they come from? What yeah. is Aqua Cola? What is Mother's Milk? Right. What is this world? That's 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 the interest of the film. That's so people that that, that are bored by it are just focused on the plot or just focused on the plot. I think are really missing the entire point of the film. Yeah, agreed. And you know, I I'm gonna you know I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start to go into this and then stop because I think this this is really something that should be discussed later on in the movie when we've learned more about. I mean, even though we know and the people yeah. listening to this podcast, I'm sure have you know seen the movie before. Spoiler alert, guys, coming yes. up right now. <laughs> right. Let's get Spoiler ready. alert. Um, we ran into, you know, I was, I was there with another Travis, yes. uh, as, as you well know, um, uh, that night. And uh, we got there early and ran into a friend of his. And we're talking about the movie while we were waiting in line. And he said something about how, uh, you know, he doesn't like Tom Hardy as Max for this. Like, he, does, he doesn't quite buy it. And he doesn't quite buy that, that Max would be a passenger in his own movie. Mm. Now, I've had this discussion uh, a million times with people. It is something that that, you know, the very first time I saw it, there, something was bugging me about the storytelling. Not, you know, not bugging in, in a bad way, but I found uh, it, was, it was making me think in a, in a way that, that I wasn't used to thinking. And what I come to, to realize is, is, yeah, Max is not... Or what, what George Miller has done uh, in this film is rather than making, you know, having your one lead character that carries all the action... And that, you know, has the journey, the arc, you know, throughout the movie that, that we follow. He has split it into three people. Mm -hmm. Max is the, the catalyst, in a way. Um, he is um, something this, that occurred to me in conversation after this last viewing. He is the witness. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. the witness in, in all of these films. I mean, he, arguably, and in some others, he plays a little more of a driving forward motion. You know, you want to get out of here, you talk to me. You know, that whole, like, he's the the reason they can do it but especially in this one and it's you know it's it's really interesting because this whole you know the idea of witnessing and remembering he is the witness um furiosa is clearly the the lead she's yep. you know she's driving the action it's it's really this whole story is almost you know through her eyes yeah and she makes the decisions that lead to all of the the plot exactly yeah. but nux is the main character mm -hmm. because he has the arc from mm -hmm. beginning to, from beginning to end. He is the character that changes over the course of the film. Neither of these, you know, Furiosa doesn't change over the course of the film. Max doesn't change really over the course of the film. I, mean, argue, I think argue, I mean he yeah. he learns to trust, you right. know, he you know these these people, you know, whereas, you know, instead of just being a lone wolf. And he um, gets and hope he, a little he bit. Gets, yeah, which a little is hope a and a little redemption. Yeah. yeah. You're right. But you're right, but what you're saying is true. I mean, I think no, no one has as complete a a full arc I mean, Nux arguably goes through the entire transformation of the human species in one yeah. car chase, yeah. which is really right impressive to watch. Right. Yeah, right. He splits them all up. I think it's really, really um, smart. And, um, and some other ideas came up in, in conversation after the film that I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna save for for later. We may even have the other Travis on as a yes. guest because he had some, he had a really cool theory that had that I had not considered, and now that I look at it, I can't not see it. Wait, which theory? Should we talk about um, it? No, 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 no. It was okay, on the ride home because I came here. Oh, home. No, I haven't gonna, heard it yet. It's oh. secret, secret theory. Okay, I can't secret theory. I'll tell you one oh. thing I want to tease yeah. just that I saw, not from George Miller's Q&A, which we could talk about for four hours. Yeah, I'm we sure. should get to the four minutes. Yeah, of this we'll get to the four minutes. We just, awesome by the way, we just watched it. minutes 16 through 20. Right. We'll get that in a second. Um, just the, the thing that really struck me on seeing it again on a big screen after having thought about it a lot and watching the intro a couple times now and mm -hmm. talking through it with you is... It's something very, very simple, and we've touched on it before, but it, I just want to throw it out there because I want to go back to it when this becomes more relevant. But um, 
in this movie, salvation is found entirely through relationships. That's that's how you in this in this in the message of the of the movie, this viewing at least seemed to be, um, you you get you, you survive the post-apocalyptic world. You survive wasteland. You survive trauma and and um, injury and chaos through connecting with other people. It's if you look at all the transitional moments for all the characters, there's a moment where they meet someone. Whether it's Nux with the redheaded wife, mm-hmm. where he starts to change. That's you know one of the first moments he really mm-hmm. says, "Oh, things could be different." I think in his head. Whether it's Fiorosa connecting with Max, it's all these people who are alone in this world, and in the world they're leaving, everyone is alone. There's no love there. The brothers don't love each other. You know, and Morton Joe doesn't love anyone. It's all control and aggression and male-dominated things. There's no connection. Survival. Yeah, it's all survival. And then, you know, you leave that world and you get to a place where there there can be the hope of genuine human connection, and that's where everyone starts to change. And we'll, we'll talk about that as the film goes on, I'm sure, but it really struck me on, on that viewing how true that was uh, mm-hmm. and how smart that is to just root it that way. And it, it, I feel like it has to be intentional in terms of where the characters start to make their turns, mm-hmm. but also it's subtle enough that it doesn't it really doesn't beat you over the head with it. And it's right. something I had registered but not thought deeply about until this viewing. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it a lot since then. It was really a neat, yeah. a neat thing. Well, it makes every relationship in this film. like there, there are no simple or throwaway relationships in this film. Mm-hmm. If two people have a relationship in this film, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's right. And, and means something. And we, you know, we're, especially in these four minutes, we're introduced to another tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all about groups. It's about banding together. You have to band together, you know, to, to survive in a world like this. And we meet the the buzzards, yeah, um, who have different looking cars. They're and they speaking speak Russian. Language. Yeah, is that Russian? I think it's Russian. It sounds like Russian. I wanted to, to ask you this. So you know languages pretty. I, well. I know languages, um, and while my name is Yuri, I do not actually speak Russian, but I faked it a lot, and I'm pretty sure that's Russian. Let's spend some time on this because it's the only time in the film where there's another language. Another language. Is that true? Uh, yes. As far as I can yes. tell. Okay, Absolutely. great. So for different accents, for f- but, yeah, but but yeah, but, all, but all English. Yeah. So for about fifteen seconds of the movie, and of an over two-hour movie, he throws in another language. Right. Let's talk about that because I'm confused by that decision, especially if it's Russian, because these these tribes live within a th- uh, th- twenty-minute drive of each other. Right. They live from from here to from Bur- to Burbank away. Right. Yeah. And yet, one of these tribes speaks a different language. Yeah. That arguably is Russian. And and because it's George Miller, you know he knows exactly the history yeah. of those people. So tell, you tell and me why those Oh, okay. So, oh, no, so, no. so so it's so so that's so that's how it's going down. Again, I just want to figure it out. Was, okay, okay. Um uh yeah, what would bring Russians to Australia? Or, Australia. Are there uh, Russians in Australia today is my first question. Gotta be. Right? I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't know who the, the, the dominant sort of uh the, the the immigrants are in uh in Australia, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's a very uh, diverse community. Um, Russians, why would Russia? So would the Russians have already been there when this shit all went down? You know, I mean, it's been 20 years, but I can't imagine there's a lot of, if, if you've got sort of worldwide, we're assuming, mm. some sort of apocalypse, Australia might be one of the hardest places to get to yeah. if you're not already there. Right. So let's, let's assume... That I mean, I'm not saying there aren't boats because if there's gasoline, there's still boats. Boats still, you know, fairly primitive mode of right. But that's a long way. Yeah, so Russia let's to Australia. Okay, the Russians were already there, um, and if you're Russian and something goes down, you're going to find the other Russians probably. So right. you'll band up with them. Right. It's. I mean, I know they're a tight, they they're a tight here. community here. Yeah, I mean, how they got there. 
This is all predicated on the idea that it is in fact Russian. Russian, speaking, right, right. We'd be totally <laughs> which, wrong. Which which might not be you true. You know, throw us the the comments. I I, I know uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Cumber is always he's always mad at us for um, he says he says the show's getting better, but he's always mad at us for not doing our research. Um, just so you know, and I'll, I might get back to your comment. I, I may not, but at least you'll you'll hear it here. This, this show is not about research. Yeah, clearly, we, clearly, we actually this made is an not... intentional decision to never bring Google into this to not prep. <laughs> a, a to not prep the show to, but, to just to just come off it very emotionally for yeah, those. But I want to say I think. I think, uh, I don't think Yuri and I, we're both writers, we're not afraid of the work necessarily, so I don't think it's coming from a place of laziness, but I do think it's coming from a place of earnestness, which is we want to be wrong, we want to talk about it, we want to talk about it as fans, not as experts, because there are better experts out there, of, of, of which I'm sure many of our oh, listeners yeah. are those people, but oh, yeah, absolutely. we just really like it, and I think there's value in hearing lay people to a certain degree talk through stuff and try to figure it out. Yeah, and you so might, that's what we're you might to see it here. from a different, you know, clearly the, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast are huge Mad Max fans and I, and I love you guys for it and I, I love that you call us on stuff um, and that it, and it makes you think about, uh, you know, all the stuff that you love about uh, these films but and, tell and this us film what's in particular. A, tell us what's up with these guys, these Russians. But these, uh, we, these, need, we need help on this one. Yeah, you need to, yeah, what is your story on the Russians? Because we've got to move on to, because we're already way into the show and, and there's so much to talk about yet again you know, yeah. in these four minutes. Let's revisit if we can, but definitely please write in with who you yeah. think. Why you think of all the times in the film to throw in a subtitle in another language, it's this moment. Right. Um, I mean, structurally, I kind of get it because they, they, this exists in a bubble and they can, they can ha have their own language because they don't interact with the rest yeah. of us. Every other tribe we meet interacts with the main tribe. Yeah. So there's a structural reason to the language here. If you ever wanted yeah. to throw in a different language, it has to be here structurally. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. so fair enough. Yeah, no, I, and, and we know that, you know, if, if I ever meet George Miller, um, I'm going to have to ask him what's up with those Russians, because you know he knows. Oh, 100%. Because we read that, we read that thing in, in Empire Magazine, um, where he just sort of throws around all these things that aren't in the movie, that he's just like, oh, you know, of course, Obviously, this is the story happens. of that. Yeah. What was the one? The feral kid. The, the fear, well, the, oh, right. You know, there's the whole, this, this, this idea that, that, that Max is actually the feral kid grown up. And, you know, it's, it's a great theory, and I have tracked it, and I, and I love it, and it tracks remarkably well. But George Miller has, has said, you know, un, unequivocally, it, that, is, that, is, that is not the He thing. says this. Yeah, a, quote, a, fan, a fan theory posits that this Max um, is the feral child. No, refutes Miller. The feral child grew up to be the leader of the great northern tribe, and an old man, he couldn't be Max. End quote. Just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like you guys oh, know this. He's an old guy. He's a, right. he's the head of the northern. So tribe. He'll, he'll know the deal on the Russians. But if you guys know it first, or you want to make up some really cool story, uh, throw it in the comments or, or tweet it out. To also, us. we're I better wanna... on Twitter than comments. I've, I'm going to be honest. I've been bad about comments. I, right. I can't even figure out how to respond to some comments. <laughs> we're very uh, high tech over here. Yeah. We were going to start this episode with a recap of the four minutes. Oh right, that, uh, that was going to be one of our new things. But let's start that next week because I feel like we blew yeah. that this week already. Because yeah. we wanted to talk about having just seen it. Because we just saw we just saw George Miller. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So four minutes of Mad Max. We pick up. Right. Uh, where do we pick up? Uh, we pick up uh, with uh, oh, in the middle of uh, the fight between uh, Slit and Nux. Nux, oh, who, who right. were not introduced yes. by name yet. Yeah, which right, is, right. his name only comes later. Well, it's on his pedal up here. We see it on his pedal. Oh, that's right. That's the first time we see his name was on his brake pedal. That's right. Um, oh, good, good, good call. But um, but yeah, we pick up there, and uh, this is right after um, the organic mechanic is like, "You're a corpse. You're gonna die here." And he's like, "Strap right. my blood bag to the car. Let's do this thing." That's right. what this that's what this picks up. And there and there's this like dog like showdown between him and hundred percent right. It's two dogs, you know, and he and clearly you know he's the alpha. It's funny because. You know, Slit is like the more like yeah. Diesel. You know, like it looked like he could kick Nux's ass, but Nux is clearly, you know, 
filling up high octane crazy blood. Like he's yeah. clearly, you know, yeah, he's, he's that it. crazy guy you back into. A, you don't want to back into a corner because he may be a little, but he will fuck you up. Yeah, he feels and he like, does. Yeah, he, he does. And he head he headbutts yeah. his friend, who's like, yeah, let's and go. Then, and then like a dog, it's not personal. Yeah. He wins, and then and then slits like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. You know, yeah, which it's is amazing. Which is yeah, which is great because. Any other movie would have been like, oh, and now Slit's mad at him, and maybe he's plotting to take his car back. No, that's not the relationship yeah. that they have. It's also not the world we live in. This is a feral existence. It really yeah. is. If you hold on to grudges, physical grudges in a world like this, you're going to die quickly. Yeah. This is a triumph of, you know, survival of the fittest world here, where they sort of, they, they, they have a aggressive male hierarchy that's based on dominance and aggression. And they, he, Nux is like, I'm aggressive. I headbutted you to the ground. I'm, I stood my ground. I'm driving. And he's like, yep, okay, you're driving. Cool, yeah. let's go do this thing. Yeah. And then they go off. And then they have one of my favorite moments of the film. Uh, and I mm -hmm. told you this during the screening of it. But, um, you know, they're driving. They're, so Nux is driving and uh, Slit is lancing behind him. He's getting ready to do this. And they pull up aside uh, a Morton Joe's car. And Morton just sort of glances over. And there is this parable. Well, he, he tried, like, yeah, he tries to get his attention. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Nux is like, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, God, basically. Right, yeah. And there's this great, it, it just reads on the page like a parable and it reads on the screen like, like uh, this, this mythic uh, encounter where the language even slips. He says, he looked right at me, he looked right at me. And, and Slit says, no, he was uh, looking at your blood bag. No, he turned his head and looked at me. No, he's scanning the horizon. That feels like an Aesop fable quote to me. Yeah. It's just this yeah. like yeah. mythic thing where God was there. No, it was the rustling of the bree of the of the trees. No, no, no. God was here with me. No, no, no. It was the smoke coming off the mountains. Or you know, it's like a thing right. that feels yeah. like something I've heard before, but in this context, Can works I just so well. I love you a little bit more right now. You're like you just came off as like super knowledgeable. Is and, that true? And and like the the, the yeah no. It's, this is great. I'm, I'm I'm turned on by intelligence. You guys, I gotta say, Yuri has a boner. I can see it from here. You can, yeah. He's gonna whisper the word decadent in my ear. You know, every any time this movie is on, you can hear my boner from wherever you are. <laughs> it creaks like an old. <laughs> Like a tree, like a tree in the, in the, in the, in the wind. That's serious boner. But do you know what I'm saying? Do you, yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. Like I it's this like do. mythic thing that happens, and we we all of a sudden, to me, we've we've understood the relationship of these kids to a Morton Joe in a, in a way. We've seen a Morton Joe give a speech. We've seen the V8 iconography. We've seen them do the V8 symbol, which Jerry loves. Um, I do. It's good. I'm doing it right now. He's Can doing you hear it? He is doing it right now. Can you now? hear both the V8 and my boner <laughs> the at the creaking. same time? <laughs> Um, but this is the first time we see what the relationship must be between these kids and their God. And we see that it is one of de deification of a guy. We, we see it so clearly, and Nicholas Holt plays the scene like a boss. It's just so well done where we yeah. get it. Oh, yeah. these kids worship. And his immediate thing is to say, I'm going to walk in the, the streets of Valhalla or whatever the line is. Tonight, he turns on the gas to rev that car. Right. I guess it's nitrous or whatever. It, yeah, he pours the nitrous on And it. just zooms ahead it. and takes his steering wheel takes off. Takes his steering wheel off and shows us to, to show that, you know, that that he, it's, you know, it's just a straight shot for him. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, like yeah. he is ready to go to Valhalla. He's ready to die. And we'll, ready yeah, to die. yeah, we'll do anything for, for Joe. Yeah. And his... What's amazing, too, is that if you think back to what is happening here, so Nicholas Holt's sitting there. He or let's call him Nux. No, Nux is sitting there. He's just not feeling that well. He's getting some blood right. trans, uh, blood infusions, and they're like, "Hey, Furios has gone rogue, and she stole right. some shit." Okay, cool. So we have to go get her back. Right. And and just you know going back to what we had said before, um, the betrayal of the the tribe that yeah. way. That's they they immediately turn on her. They're like, yeah. 
She, Instantly. You know, no, are you sure? Well, maybe why is she doing it? No. No, we got to no, kill her. Yeah. yeah, but the idea then that Nux jumps to is not, let's go, this sounds exciting. It's, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. If I'm going to die, it's going to be on Fury Road. I'm going to die. Right. And then it, that continues. And so it's not like, hey, we're under attack by Gastown. We're under attack by the Bullet Farm guys. we got to defend ourselves. This woman has gone rogue and taken the wives and a couple, you know, cars. We, the idea that you would then jump to, it's time to go die, is just showing that he, they're, they all are going to die. And the prospect of being able to die in battle is so appealing to them. Yeah. That they just leap at the chance because everyone there is slowly dying. He talks yeah. about it later. They all talk about right. it. They're all dying, but the idea like here's an opportunity. Oh my God! No matter how slight, this is an opportunity that maybe I will die here, and that would be the best possible thing for me. Right. That's a neat, crazy thing. Yeah. And this but is better even, to burn out than to fade away. Oh my God! hundred percent. All he wants, all this kid wants to do is die in combat because then he goes to Valhalla. Whereas he, if he dies by wasting away of cancer or sick blood, right. whatever, maybe, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't go to Valhalla, yeah. maybe. And yeah. so this I mean, is traditionally, yeah, you have to die in battle to go there. Yeah, and so again, this is George Miller pulling an old uh, na nationalistic and religiosity sort of concept together into a, a mm -hmm. new way. But it makes so much sense. And and all the you know academic falderall aside, it's just a very human instinct this kid has, which is here's a chance to do something with my life, right. and now in front of my God. Right. Not just am I going to die on Fury Road. And, and father figure. Yeah. All, yeah, they're all his kids, uh, you know, in a way. War boys. He's yeah. adopted them, yeah. I mean, his, you know, he has, he has a, you know, a few kids who are, you know, obviously through the wives he's trying to, you know, spawn as much as he can. I, I, don't, I don't believe that, you know, that the idea that all of these war boys have, you know, been spawned by his wives, I think that... be amazing, though. That, that would be crazy. What a penis that guy I mean, I think, I think in the comic book it talks about uh, the comic book that you what want to read. What comic book are you referring to? Yeah, n nothing. Um, I'm, I'm just making this up as I go. Um, he, uh, you know, they, they take, uh, you know, kids from the community, they either kidnap them or they're taken as uh, tribute or whatever. Yeah. Um, if they're healthy at all, then they, and they're boys, they fight. Yeah. You know, they, they, and you see all the young ones, young you know, wings, coll yeah. collected by the giant uh, sort of the wheel turbines things that they, yeah, yeah. Um, they're all, they're all there. They're, they're growing up in the, they're really cute. They're super cute. I'm These not cute lie. little bald boys. Yeah. Are really like those sweet. Those little brown shirt kids. Back in the day. <laughs> Talking uh, about Nazis? I, you know, I, somehow I slipped over to, to Nazis. Oh, God, if I had a nickel you know for every time, you would go straight to Nazi to, Straight town. to Nazis, you know, because because I'm a Jew. Uh-huh. It's always right in the forefront of my brain. Okay, so that's the moment I loved uh, the most in the sequence. Yeah. But there's lots of other really dope stuff happening here um, in, in this little four-minute sequence. What we're doing now is we're setting up the main battle, or the first, the first the, the big first, battle. Yeah, the first part of this chase. Yeah, so uh, Furiosa is, is, is asked again... Should hey, there are, are reinforcements which these guys, her guys think are reinforcements, are behind them, which is all the people coming from right from the from Gaston, Morton Jones, from and, Gaston. And, and, and yeah, and not they're from Gaston. Well, they well, but they're they're signaling from they're, the the flares are signaling to Gastown and, and the bullet farm to saying, come help us. Yeah, but what is the name of Morton Joe's place? Do we have a name for that place? The Citadel. Sorry, the Citadel. Yeah. So the Citadel. Hey, the Citadel's behind us. So are they reinforcements? Like what's going on? They don't know they've defected yet. Right. Well, only Furiosa right. knows what's going on. And her buddy is like, hey, so our reinforcements are behind us, and we're about to be attacked by these Russian <laughs> porcupine right, guys. Right. Should we just loop around and, and crush them against our reinforcements? And she's like, no, we're going to go forward, and then right. blows the horn. He, at this point... Frag it? Does she say frag it? We're going to frag it? Something gonna... like that. I don't know what she I says. I can't... Or, uh... Yeah, I can't quite make it out. I've, it's I've, basically, we're going to fuck him up, we're going to go alone. Yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever the line is, but 
Um, this is, I think, the first time this guy gets really nervous that, what the fuck's going There's on? A, the, the doubt creeps in. Like, before he was like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Now he's still with her, but you can see there, there's a moment where it holds on his face yeah. and he's kind of unclear. Also, does he have Bell's palsy? His, his lip is... Oh, his, uh, I did notice that. I, I, know. I noticed, you know, I, I always notice that. I never really sort of think about it because everybody's got their own fucked up little thing. And I, I don't know if it's an acting Australians. thing or if it's it just it's just him being Australian. Well, I just <laughs> think Australians think have lazy drunk? lips. Oh, lazy. Wow, we just lost all of our Australian listeners. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. You guys are I, great. By, by Australian, I meant lazy lips. <laughs> right, lazy lippers. You guys are great kissers, though, is the thing. Lazy lips make for great kissing. Lazy lips sink ships. Yeah, yeah. That's just a fact. Lazy I mean, this is just my, listen, my personal biases come into play anyway. a lot here, but I do think Australians have lazy mouths. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, but I'm confronting this, lazy, I don't know where... Lazy, lazy mouths. Yeah they, yeah, they talk like lazy... Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's, that's how I, I learned originally to do, to, to go to the Australian accent, was you, you, you start off sort of with a, with a British accent, sort of something like and this. Make it lazy. And then, and then you stretch your mouth out real wide like that. <laughs> Uh, for the listeners then, at home, uh, if you ever hear an accent, it's Yuri's voice. It's, it's right. Just so <laughs> not you. No, just so we're clear. Uh, if you guys want to track who's talking uh, between the two of us, if you hear an accent, it's and always it's terrible. Yuri. No, no, no. It's still, mine. if you hear anyone trying an accent at right. all, okay, it's then your, it's, it's, it's yeah, Yuri. then it's absolutely, it's absolutely um, me. But anyway, yeah. So he's he's freaked out, and she says we're taking a detour. Detour to where? Because there's nothing over here. Right. She's going right. to enemy territory, and she just has given up trying to make explanations. What's interesting, though is that, and I, I didn't notice this the, the first time we watched this movie, is that every time he comes to talk to her, he bangs on the roof, he comes to the window, whatever, she opens it immediately. She's not trying to stonewall him. Right, which right. she could yeah. do here. She could just ignore right. what he's saying. Right. And, I, and there's a couple character reasons why that could happen, but she's, in, she's down for conversation. She, yeah. He knocks on the, on the door. She's like, hey, what's up? I, I have a theory that I finally came up with on the last view that we, where we saw it a few days ago, a couple days ago, um, all the way through. I have a theory that I'm going to reserve for now until we get to that moment in the yeah. in the in the film, which is going to be, I don't know, probably eight eight minutes from now or so. Okay. Um, so two weeks from now. That I that I yeah that I uh, I you know now especially we're, we're freeze framed on her on Furiosa right now um, at the twenty minute mark, or twenty minute and one second, um, uh, and and it's it's in her eyes now. And I, I see it, and it only reinforces my my theory. And I'm, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep mum right now. Here's the problem, though. You're teasing a theory yeah. that we're not hearing. You're gonna forget about it by no, two weeks no, from now. No, no, it's I've, two no. Weeks, I'm so Yuri. excited. I'm so excited. We're doing four minutes a week. That's yeah. Um, uh, hold. On. Wow. Hold on a second. Um, we're gonna pause this for a moment. We're gonna we're gonna. Uh, no, you just keep going. You just keep up. I'll be right okay. back. I'm gonna let him know that. Uh, cool. Let him know. All right, so what's happening right now, guys, is that we are podcasting in Yuri's man cave. And uh, Yuri is having some vines removed from his house. And uh, there's four men here, all of whom are dressed like war boys, and they're removing vines. And yeah, but I made them, they, I paid them extra to do that. Yeah, this is how Yuri does that. Actually, no, I, I went to the, the one company that does that on its own, and I'm like, you guys are the... War boy vines? War boy, war boy, right, war boy construction. War boy gardening. War boy construction, I would... I would hire Warboy Construction. But how many people? Wait? Sorry for the interruption, guys, but that's 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 how we roll here. Um, so so I am going to hold that theory. Okay. I'm not going to forget it. Please don't. Because um, now my uh, but, curiosity but it, is... Uh, but also, this it, this 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 occurred to me the, in, the, in the last viewing, again, so we're sort, sort of cheating by, by talking about things that happened in the last viewing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it slide. Um, the, I think there are a lot of medium shots. You know, whenever possible, there are medium shots of... 
or, or closer of Furiosa because they don't have to comp the arm out. Right. Um, but I was, uh, I was looking at her, her shoulder pad last time. Because there are so many medium shots, yeah. I sometimes forget that she's got that. Mm -hmm. She lost her arm and she's got that, that arm that she clearly you know, built herself, yes. I would imagine. Yeah. Or maybe the organic mechanic worked on it with her. I, or, yeah. Well, no, he's the organic mechanic. So he doesn't he's, do he's mechanic, the doctor. Mechanic. He doesn't do mechanical stuff. You, I'm, she, she built it, let's say. And I kept thinking, what is that ornamental thing on the top of her? Because I, you know, I forget that she's got that arm. I've been so I would just see the. Yeah. I'm I, like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, she, well, that's that's the the capacitor or the or the whatever. I'm not a mechanical guy. It's got you've got to have some machinery in there that that helps her move the. Yeah. That's a thing that that powers the or is a mechanism to. Oh, interesting. And I'm you know people listening, they're like, yeah, I know, I noticed that the first time around. I'm only sort of figuring, you know, well, little, I've been thinking about how she moves the thing because I still can't figure out uh, if it's severed the forearm. Right. Uh, it's a stump, which means right. it's, a it's a, the, the the arm is strapped on. It's not connected to the nerve endings in the stump. So how she controls the opening and closing of that, I don't understand. Fucking magic, dude. I don't no, care. No, the answer is never magic in this movie. This... The answer is always George Miller thought about it for 14 okay. days and constructed right. a diagram. You're right. And then you're right. There's, an there's, there's a way. You're right. There is a way. There's so a, that's it's, one of our goals is to figure out how she opens and closes she... her hand. Right. Because she moves fast. When she grabs Max, Max later in the movie, yeah. when he falls out, yeah, yeah. that's a quick That's a By quick the way, move. Tom Hardy did that stunt we learned last night. That's yeah. Tom Hardy hanging from that 18-wheeler. Yeah, apparently Tom Hardy did a lot more stunts than I would have assumed. Nearly all of them were told. Yeah, yeah. Fuck now, that you know, guy. Which, well, and shows exactly how safe, you know, uh, an environment George Miller was able or to Or how create. crazy Tom Hardy is. Or, or that Tom they don't, or that they don't have laws people. in Australia. Yeah, yeah, as that guy said. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... Okay. So, yeah. So so yeah. So we're you know we're we're a little over the thirty. I know we can we can break it when we need to. Do you have any any parting shots? Uh, let me just scan through in my head what we just saw. I mean, this is basically so the last the last week's episode. Those four minutes were jam packed with with um, setup. It was all story setup, character setup, lots of stuff to talk about. This one is now an action setup beat. This four minutes is let's put all the wheels in motion. We got the war boys coming after her. She's leaving. She's turning off. We see, uh, oh, you know what? I, we didn't talk about the Doof Warrior. What are we doing? Oh, holy shit, you're right. And the, uh, the drummers really? and the Doof Warrior. We just skipped major things here. We, here's, okay. the, here's what happens in this four minutes. It starts off, and we meet all the players for the upcoming chase yeah. sequence. So he's, he's introducing this enormous sort of crowd of characters that are going to become relevant in this movie and are coming in. And the way he introduces the Doof Warrior, which is a guitar playing you know, flame-throwing badass in the red pajamas. This guy, it's this, it works so well on a color spectrum because it's sort of like blasted it's out color, so, blasted out color. So good. And all of a sudden we get to this guy who is just this pop of color in this desolate landscape. And it is one of the best parts of the movie to me. It's one of the, my favorite things that happens in this movie is that pan around from these awesome Japanese-style taiko drums yeah. on the back of this on thing. On the back of a you, giant... You, and it, and it looks like the, the amplifiers for the for the drum the, for yep. the drums are those um, uh, garbage you know the, the like industrial garbage things that the guys come and pick up you know from yeah they look like garbage giant garbage bins that like welded together to yeah. make this They've like made shell this. like conch shell of uh, yeah damn it no, and then the camera uh, comes around the the, the 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 truck or the vehicle whatever and you see this guy hanging on uh, a, a stretchy straps from this wall of speakers playing this guitar, wearing red pajamas with this crazy mask, which we've learned is his mother's desiccated face. Right, which is something that, that George sure. Miller just sort of, you know, throws around like we should have known that. We should that. know that. He's wearing his mother's 
skin on his face and playing this rag guitar, which we've also learned he played live. Yeah, a lot of the stuff, and then as if it actually are, shoots flames. Yeah, exactly. Our minds are blown, and then the fucking guitar shoots flames out. It's nuts. Also, what Yuri pointed out too, as a side note, uh, not to distract uh, from the Doof Warrior, but um, all, they're all wasting this gasoline. I'm not going to call it gasoline uh, by shooting you fire everywhere. God, um, they're shooting fire everywhere because. As we as was set up with Nux, this is a huge deal. They get to fight. This is a, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. We get to go fight somebody. We might die, and this is amazing. We get to go to Valhalla possibly, and so they're wasting all kinds of gas. They're shooting fire. There's flamethrowers. All the cars are shooting fire. They're nitrous oxide. They're going. They're ready to do right. this. And Du Fourier is shooting massive fireballs out of the top of his silver guitar. Yeah, I have to I have to take this moment to to say this, that when I talk to you know, people who used to be my friends, but who said uh, Mad Max was stupid, Fury Road was stupid. Yeah. Um, they, they cite the ex-friends, all my ex-friends. They cite the Doof Warrior as being the stupidest thing in the movie and, and totally just for show. And I could not be more opposed. You could not have picked a thing that I would defend to yeah. the death yeah. and more easily than It's like saying Star Wars character. is good. That's like that sentence is. If yes. someone says Star Wars is good, you think you, think, you do hate the Doof Warrior? Right? <laughs> you, you must hate the Doof Warrior then <laughs> if you think Star Wars is good. Um, and, and we will say, when we, when we refer to Star Wars, we mean The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah I love Star Wars episodes four, five, most of six. Mm -hmm. Yeah, done. Um, <laughs> because he is the little drummer boy. He is the, the guy that, you know, in this world that whips them up into a battle frenzy. Yeah, it makes that, perfect sense. That makes perfect sense to me. That's that's got to be important because there he's not, you know, he's not paying these guys to be there. You know, you've got to yeah. find and George some Miller way shows us that to when, appeal to their prime. When instincts. they get stuck behind the rocks and the whole convoy slows down, the Doof Warrior slows down so his he's, he's yeah, playing but, and but then keeps stops. the Yeah, just, just like yeah. Dun, 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 dun. it's a slower slower like we're holding pattern music. It's clearly fife and drums. It's clearly revolutionary yeah. war fife and drums, which makes perfect sense in yeah. this world because you want something loud, you want something percussive, you want something exciting that's going to whip people up. It's it's every every Army in history has yeah. some version of this. When I used to, when I, I, and this I is the best to, version of this. Yeah, and when I used to go to the gym, I would listen to Metallica. Like that's what would get me through. I love like a, like a uh, you know that, that sentence that, that you workout. just said. <laughs> I know, Yuri. and this is essentially that. Just like, so we're clear, Yuri's like on Yuri's, stage. Yuri's like five foot eight, guys. He is a normal looking fella. The idea of him and like ever I, working out. Or no, going no, to no. It, but no, the image of you like maybe in a, in a sweatband and cut off sleeves, <laughs> blaring Metallica as you lift massive amounts of metal in a gym. For my boombox. It's just For my Walkman. It's a great image. And yeah, I love it. I'm so sorry. Go on. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Don't, don't be sorry. Uh, it uh, it gets you amped up, man. Metallica's yeah, your jam. It, it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it's fucking awesome. It's yeah. just fucking awesome when that camera pans pans around from the drummers, which are already badass. The drummers are great. The camera comes around there and exposes this guy. It's nothing a. It's nothing you've ever seen before. Yeah. It's nothing you've yeah. ever seen exactly. or imagined yeah. was a possibility. Yeah. Tell me, here, here, put that in the comments. Have you seen shit like that before? I think not. No, you haven't. You, you come around and you see this iconically crazy instantly thing. If your reaction is anything but, holy shit, you're dead inside. That's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so crazy. And you think, oh, all of a sudden, just when this movie, we're 20 minutes into the movie, and so far you've heard how excited we've been. There's just ideas and ideas and ideas. I think ideas we might actually get more things. excited. I don't think it's just the coffee. I think we might literally be, I think by the end of this yeah. movie, 
I'm gonna have to definitely so turn the levels stoked. down because we'll just be screaming most of the time. Yeah, blah. But it just it, this every time, you know, there's a there's a hint of a lull of progression. It's just an explosive new idea, and he does it just through ideas. So far, we had an action opening, and since then we've really just been doing exposition. If you think about it structurally, we're kind of like introducing a world. But he gives a through speech. action, like yeah. nobody has ever. We've never had that, you know, that Leia Han moment from The Force Awakens. <laughs> Where they just where where it's two people looking at each other and telling the story. Yeah, but it, but think about it. it's propulsive. We haven't had we had Nux headbutts a dude. We, uh, leaving aside the opening Mad Max uh, escape sequence, right. right? Since then, which is the first four to six minutes of the film, there's no been been no action sequences. It's propulsive and it moves and it goes. But it, he's doing a lot of this just through the strength of ideas and character. Like yeah. he's making us excited by the by just. Good ideas, yeah, like and yeah. good visuals, and yeah. we feel like things are happening. But if you stop and think about it, it's not action sequences, right? Like yeah. I know we keep talking about how action driven this movie is, but in the last two weeks of screenings that we've done here, has there right. been an action sequence? No, you're right. You're right. It's, it's just about character. To, it's just about to begin, as far as action sequences go. You're yeah. right. It's just but beginning it now. feels like it has but been. It, but it, yeah, I mean, if you if you count, you know, that I mean that minor chase at the very beginning. Yeah. But you're right. It, Which there, is crazy. Been, it's a crazy yeah. realization because in my in our heads, the whole it's movie's action non-stop. start to finish. Yeah, from start to finish. But the reason we're excited right now in this sequence and in the sequence before is just the ideas. We're so stoked and amped about the strength and power of these ideas and these characters. And so when people say, "Well, there's no characters, no plot," that's all we're. I, that's all I care about right now. I'm stoked as shit. I have a a, a Yuri-sized boner right now. You have a story boner. I have a story boner. <laughs> <laughs> If you hear a sound you know, effect, it's probably me. If you hear an accident, it's probably you. And that's the thing. I think I've brought it up before. I'll well, I'll bring it up again, and we'll we'll wrap this up for for this week. But but I I have never felt, or at least in as long as I can remember, more respected as an audience member. Yeah. Um, by than by this storytelling and this film, it is not spoon fed in a way that most films, especially films of this type, feel that they have to do it, and. I, it, it makes me feel implicit in the telling of this story by allowing, you know, by his allowing complicit. us to, to complicit, yeah. complicit. Thank you, complicit in the telling of this story by by his allowing us to become to to, to draw the inferences ourselves and to mm. make the connections without him telling you what they are. I feel part of this. Like I feel more uh, committed to the story. I feel like I have a stake in it. This is a great. And, this is a great thing. Yeah. This is this is actually what we should go out on because I think this is this says this says it all. One of the first things George Miller said two days ago in his Q and A, he got to the stage and they talked about what the movie means, and he said, "Well, this is an allegory, so you bring your own interpretation bring, to it." Exactly. And the idea, uh, so simply and cleanly said, that this is an allegory, is something that we've been dancing around for a while, and is mm-hmm. is certainly true. But but allegories are designed to be a little unclear and to let the viewer or reader bring their own or listener bring yeah. their own ideologies and presuppositions about the world to the allegory mm-hmm. and impose their own meaning on it in order to extract meaning from it. Like you bring exactly. meaning to it so you can take meaning from it. Exactly. That's what Mad Max is. It's an allegory. Um, and, you know, for the next couple months, we'll be talking about what that allegory is and, and what we think it exactly means. But for George Miller to so, so clearly and cleanly state, guys... This is an allegory, so everyone's going to have their own own take to it. Instantly deepens it for me and says, yeah. "Okay, you're right. We're right about what we're talking about here. This isn't a dumb chase accent movie." Right, right. And everyone who says that probably also likes Star Wars. Wow. That's all I have to say for this week. Wow. 
I don't think we can end any stronger than that. My name is Travis Sintel. I'm Yuri Lowenthal, and you are awaited.